Hey everybody, this is your girl, Liana Michelle, and as always, I am Faithfully Her. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and joining with me today. I have a beautiful young Arthur on with us. Look at her smile, everybody. Um, this is, and she's going to explain this, okay? But this is K.L. Gilchrist, um, yes. but we're going to call her Keisha for today. <laughs> yes. She is a self-published author. She writes commercial fiction with a godly message. Um, she has been writing um, books for about 20 years or so now. And she has been um, just putting out these messages through her books about the love of God and the love of self and so forth. So we're going to dive right in and get to meet her. So I would like for everybody to please put your hands together and welcome Miss K.L. Gilchrist. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much, Liana, for having me. It's so great to be here. I'm honored to be here. Thanks so much. Oh, no. Thank you. I'm always happy and excited to meet new people and learn more about people's journey and the things that they're doing to impact somebody else's life. So it's a truly honor and blessing for me to be able to sit here and talk to you today. Thanks. So let's uh, jump right in. Let's explain the name. Okay. Gilchrist. I want y'all to go out here and look for that name on books and everything. Yes. Okay. So let's get into that. <laughs> so let's explain that. I chose KL Gilchrist as my author name because I wanted to, my name is kind of long, <laughs> first of all. Um, and it's also hyphenated. So when I thought to myself that when I wanted to publish, I was like, ooh, this, you know, you can't even put all of this here. This is going to be really long. Um, so my friends, I like to put it like this. My friends and family call me Keisha because that is my, my first name. My mama, who I love dearly, calls me Lavinia. So I wanted to get that in, in there. Um, Gilchrist is actually my given birth name. And I, when I looked up the, uh, the meaning of Gilchrist, it said helper of the Lord. I was like, well, I don't want to use my married name. I got to pick Gilchrist there because that's right. really in keeping of what I'm doing with this writing thing and then my married name is is Bloom so just to shorten all of that and keep it you know nice and short it's KL Gilchrist is what I go by when I'm doing this fiction thing okay um, yeah and it's good for the autographs too right oh it's good for the autographs there you go <laughs> see you know where we're going with this yes good for the autographs yes. so let's just go right in first of all where are you from where did you go I am I'm sorry. I am originally from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, but I moved to Philadelphia and I've lived in Philadelphia so many years. I'm going to tell my age, but it's a very, very, very long time. So I like to say that I'm mostly from Philadelphia, but I did grow up in Harrisburg, PA. Okay. So I think you're the Philly. first person I've met from PA. So yeah. Hey, hey, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right so, here in Philly. Yeah. Yes, that is good. I like that. So that way when I'm traveling, I have a friend everywhere. You have a friend. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so your love for writing, was that something that happened early on in life? Or did you always know? How did that that passion for writing come about? Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, I've always loved the written word. I've always loved books. I was that introverted kid who like a trip to the library with my dad was like a trip to a um to a carnival um i when i got my first like little library card 
I was, he would let me go and I would just pick out stuff and spend um, just weekends reading. And then, and I can remember this from like way back from like when I was uh, maybe like first, second grade or whatever, like my Nana would take me to little book fairs at my school. And like the biggest thing was that she was like, okay, well, you can pick out any book that you want to pick out a book. And then when I was really little, she was teaching me to read and and I learned how to read. I just took over from there. I think at a certain point when I remember it kind of gelling for me that I wanted to write for my life, no matter what I wanted to do, because I'll get into that too. Um, It was about eighth grade. Um, this teacher wanted us to write essays and I won an essay contest, um, just writing, I think about the topic, I believe was self-awareness. And I knew from then, and I had started writing little journals around that time too. So I was maybe about 13, 14 years old. I was, I I just knew I was like the written word and I are going to be in a marriage for the rest of my life. I'll either be working at a publishing house or I'll be writing something or I'll be, designing something or I or something will will be written and then when I got into high school I used to hang out with my older cousin Dawn and she used to take me with her to Baltimore Maryland about every other month or so because she used to get these long micro braids done and just so happened that her braider her, her name was McCoy and she had these floor to ceiling bookshelves that were just huge and that was my first time getting in touch with a ton of books by black writers. Oh, just, wow. I, just, I I still remember to this day. I just remember my, my cousin sitting down and McCoy starting on the brace. I remember going over to McCoy and saying, can, can, can I read these? Can I, okay, can I go? She, oh yeah, go ahead. I would just take book after book off that shelf. And for hours, I would just sit there and read. It was Alice Walker and James Baldwin. And mm. I think very... Um, I did, all the names are just simple. Tony Morrison and Jay California Cooper, who became one of my just ultimate favorites, just book after book after book. I just started reading some part of me at that time was like, yeah, I'm going to at some point. I don't know when. And I wasn't a, I didn't get saved until I was like my early 20s. So I there was no such thing as saying, well, I don't know when God was going to not at that time. I didn't say that. I just knew that I was going right. to write. And then when I got saved, I was like 23. Three. I had gone through college and um, I had thought that I was maybe do journalism and I didn't, I didn't really gel with journalism that well, even though I ended up getting a degree in public relations. Um, I just decided, well, you know, what's easiest for me to start writing? And it turned out I met a lady who needed people to write, write, in the software world, believe it or not, to write marketing communications and to write technical guides and things like that. And I was like, well, I can write anything. So I started I started working in software, which by the way, was a really good decision because I didn't know at the time that um, software people make a pretty decent amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was not all that hard to do I would say I used to tell I tell my younger people I was like oh if you can get anywhere near technology nowadays it's it's just the fastest way to like to write make money but um it's not something that you do if you want life to be exciting it's right it's not really exciting right. it's 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 working with engineers and writing um everything guides okay. that go with products and everything else okay, okay. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I saw so that's how I started and did that for a long time. And then one day, um, it's, it's 2023 now, exactly 2003-ish, I had been sitting down in the evenings and I wrote like my first fiction story. And I love to tell this story because uh, I, I, how do I put this? I have been read, I read everything. Now I just told you, I read everything, right? Right. I have been read at the time. I don't know if you remember back in the late nineties, but there was just a, a lot of street lit going on, a lot mm -hmm. of street literature going on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna, and I had been saved for a few years by the time I wrote this first little fiction piece and wrote the end on everything. It wasn't even that long. Oh my goodness. It was about the length of a novella, but I called it a novel. Okay. Called living this life, <laughs> living this life will never see the light of day. <laughs> it was 20 years ago. It'll never see the light of day. There's a red over it. I still have it in my office here. It's horrible. It's about, uh, <laughs> a, it is, I'm telling you, Liana, I'm telling you, it's, it's horrible. It was about a, uh, a stripper who came to Jesus. I kid you not. Oh, <laughs> stripper that came to jesus sinners need love too I, I was that was the vein i was in okay with that story and uh no it's <laughs> you know it, i looked at it later on i was like i don't mm, i want to write fiction but i'm not i don't think this is it um okay. so put that to the side and uh, and stop me if I'm going because I can just go and go. Oh no! It's just funny because um, when you said that, that was the first thing that came to my head. Color purple when she was mm. like, "Sinners need love." Well, sinners <laughs> have souls too, Daddy, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's a lot of women out there who were young because I was young and I used to dance as well mm. back in my younger days. And I went to church and loved the Lord and prayed and everything. And a lot of times they kind of want to put you in that box of, oh, she's an exotic dancer and that is yeah. who she is. And they don't mm -hmm. understand that. No, we're people too. You know, exactly. we have kids, we're going to school, we paying bills, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like we go to the grocery store every day, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. And we do go to church too, you know, yeah. and we pray and we love the Lord and everything. And maybe this is just a temporary, a temporary thing. So I kind of love the idea that you wrote about a stripper your way back to Jesus. I'm glad maybe, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that, maybe that book should be rewritten. I don't know. But, but just tweak it a little bit. Tweak it a maybe little I bit. Will. You know, what's interesting is you're not the only person that said this. Somebody said, you, I was, I think I was on a, I did a Instagram live once and one person wrote in the comments and said, yeah, I'd like to see, I'd like to see that book. So I don't know, mm. maybe those characters come back out. The main character's name was Jasmine. And maybe I'll rewrite it now that I know how to write a little better, uh, write fiction <laughs> a little better. Um, but that was my first, you know, and it could be ago. about, and since, you know, in this day and age, you can advance it to the Instagram models. Yeah. You know, see, kinda, see, you know see, now we're collaborating. Now we're collaborating. Just update it a little bit. Take her out the club and put her on She meets up with these, uh, these yeah, crazy Bible study people and starts listening <laughs> and starts going through a bit of a transformation and 
I think I had her on the run from a drug dealer pimp. And oh, was, wow. Yeah, I had a whole, you know, because you got to have It was like a little bit of sister soldier. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a little, but she'd come and she changed her life by the end of the book. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my first foray uh, <laughs> into fiction writing. Um, but I'm glad to say that uh, that uh, I, I looked at that, wasn't really like, oh, yeah, I don't think I could put this out. Fast forward to around 2010-ish, and I had just had my uh, youngest child. And I said, you know, I'm going to make something that's, that's actually real. I'm going to take some classes. And I did. I took, I went to Gotham, um, Gotham Writers, I think it's called Gotham Writers Conference, something like that. Okay. And it's like these online writing courses. Okay. And I took my first one and I took fiction writing one and then I took fiction writing two. And they taught me all about um, plot and theme and conflict and um, stakes, character stakes, um, the inner wound, the core wound, and you know all of that type of stuff that goes into like every good book has that stuff. But unless you're, I really, unless you're in fiction writing, a lot of people won't really know. We're just like, what are you talking about? But there has to be these like pieces in it that makes yeah. the characters move. It makes the story move. And I didn't know any of that back when I wrote Living This Life. Okay, so I was like, okay, I took that and I came up with a character with a with a book called Mrs. Jones. Okay. Wrote Mrs. Jones all the way through. Um, I don't know what I have with, with scandalous people, but that's <laughs> how it comes to me. Um, that book never saw the light of day <laughs> either. Oh. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah. My, my mom loved that title, by the way. She's like, oh, Keisha, you know that, you know, that I was like, mm. she was like, I like the story, but I don't like the title. And I, but that was the very first book that I pitched to like a publishing company okay and um one came back and had notes me and said I kind of like this I, I like this premise and she gave me some some really optimistic things uh, the editor was like this shows some promise you got you, you you might have you might have something here but I want you to I think you should think about rewriting this and I was like okay I took a little time and I didn't write, write it right away because I had little little toddler in house tearing things up or whatever it took me maybe like another year or so and then I met I went to this conference called the greater Christian the greater Christian Philadelphia writers conference okay I went there and I went to a workshop and this is when everything really changed for me I met a woman there who read the first chapter it was the book was still called Mrs. Jones I had changed some stuff with it and she pulled me to the side in the hallway um and right now the author's name is escaping me. Hopefully the Lord will bring it to mind. But she pulled me aside and she said, she said, what I read here, you can do something with this. Like this, this will actually work to, okay. for publishing. She said, do you have the rest of the book? And I said, yes. And she said, I want you to take a full year and rewrite it take the year, you, you should rewrite it because you have, and I'll never forget, she said, you have X factor, which means you can really do this. If it takes you a year, rewrite. And so I took her advice and I took the full year and I rewrote it, got some more eyes on it, got uh, some, we call them um, reading groups, a beta reading groups. 
I got a bunch of people, not friends, because I always tell people, don't get friends. Friends and family will not tell you if your writing is bad. You have to get people who kind of know you, but don't know you enough to 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 really hurt your feelings. They'll just right. tell you what they think about the book. So I got like friends of friends and people that my husband worked with and uh, and they read it and they were like, they gave me comments and stuff back. And that book changed the name. And used some characters, rewrote the plot, brand new plot and everything else. And it ended up being my first book, Broken Together. And that's the book that I released. That's it's actually sitting here. <laughs> it's yes. this book right here. Hey. Yeah. 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 That is Put that out. Excellent. 2017. See how long? <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes it takes a while. And that's what, um, one of the things I did, I wanted to kind of just go back to with mm -hmm. what you were saying because a lot of times especially in this day age everybody wants it right away but you know it's important to know like you have to put the work in I always tell people god bless the child that has his own it doesn't mean that you have your own sitting on a pot of gold it means you have your own like you have a drive you you yes. have that that will that determination to go out there and work for it to get your hands dirty, to learn what you need to learn, to put in the time that you need to put in to make it to that next level. And yes. when you put that those things in and God can see that that dedication, that he'll open up those doors and he'll he'll put things in your path and he'll put people in your path. Like the lady who pulled you out in the hallway, the first right. thing I thought was when you were saying that that um is how God can sometimes deliver messages to us through others. Yes, yes, definitely, yes. So in that moment when you were talking about that, that's the first thing I thought about is, oh, she was delivering a message to you. She was letting mm -hmm. you know you got it. You can do this. This is in you. Just take some time and cultivate it. You know what I mean? Exactly, it's exactly, the plants, exactly. Baby, they gonna grow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can do this. You can do this. I, yeah, you have to listen to God's message. You have to, you have to listen to God's open doors and God's closed doors. Yes. Because you know, you know, for a fact, there's sometimes when stuff will, you know, things will shut on you, mm -hmm. but that's God too. Yeah. That's, that's God too. That Because some shut doors are in this story too, you know, pitching the book and, yeah. uh, and getting, getting rejections, which is a part of every author's life. Um, and I had to make a decision. I remember getting on my knees and um, laying, just putting my face in the cushion in the couch and saying, saying to the Lord, okay, well, everyone who's read through this and I even got a separate editor to go through it, make with fine tooth cold, make sure it was okay. I was like, Lord, I'm getting rejections. Everybody's telling me that it could be a long road to getting this published. But I think that I don't, I don't know if I want to sit on this, Lord. I don't know if I want to sit on it. And uh, before I even got up from that prayer, I heard clearly, you know, well, you're supposed to glorify God and you're supposed to, you're, you're not supposed to bury your talent. You're not supposed to you know, run from it and say, oh, I'll keep it safe over here and I'll just polish it. And, yeah. No, no, you that's not what you do as a faith-filled person. Did I, I did all my diligence. Really, this was ready to go because so many people had looked at it at that point. Um, but if it wasn't ready for, or if it wasn't like the, the timing wasn't right, 
or the market wasn't right. And um, because that can be a big thing with publishing too. It's like, well, right. this story is fine, but the market's not hot for this right now or whatever. Um, I knew that I had other stories that I needed to to start working on. And I was like, well, I just want to see how this does, Lord. So I'm not going to bury this. I'm going to go ahead and go to self-publishing route and go ahead and, and, and get it out there. And Lord, you know, if you want me to do anything different, then you'll tell me. But he didn't, as a matter of fact, doors open for how I could do that. And it ended up being really affordable and ended up being a really professional product. Um, and it got out there and it's available. Um, and it wasn't, it it wasn't like a headache to, okay. to put it out and have it available. I know sometimes with self-publishing, if you don't, if you haven't gone to enough conferences to know how to do it the right way, if you, you can mm -hmm. take anybody's offer and they'll say, well, here, give me $7,000 and I'll publish it for you. And that's not, no one ever has to do anything like that. Okay. I didn't have to do that. Um, and I just knew God would, was saying just no this is very very simple very simple do the professional mm -hmm. things so yeah you self-publishing there is an investment there's an investment in outside editor there's an investment in a cover designer there's an a, there's an investment yeah. in very good internal formatting but those are all things that any book you know i always say the only difference between self-publishing and traditional publishing is who's writing the check for the professional person who's going to have to do the internal work is it okay. another company on your behalf they're right. still going to have to pay the cover designer is it you you're gonna have to pay the, <laughs> the cover right. designer or the you know the interior designer you know anyone who does artwork right. it's you know and I knew right. I was like okay well I'll find people who and you know what's interesting in this market is like you'll <laughs> and I see this more and more as I get with every book, I see it more and more that the same, the very same people who are working with the publishing companies mm -hmm. are the same people that you can contact on your own. Yeah. The same editors, the same cover designers, the same, and you can tell from their portfolios, they'll tell you, they're like, Oh yeah, I worked for years at just, you know, publishing, but it's still, okay. they right. still have those talents. It's who's paying them to do it. Right. Right. Cause they just coming in for the, for their pay for their end of the work. And, right. you know, when you're going through, I guess a publishing house, they're charging you a little bit more to cover their costs to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I definitely can understand that when you're pitching a book, mm -hmm. if somebody is pitching a book, what, how how should that look for them? Like what elements should they be sending the full book, just the chapter? Um, how how should they go about pitching? Oh, that's that's uh, that's a great question. You mean for traditional, right? Yes. Okay. Um, for traditional, there's two roads. If you are a fiction like myself, you need to have your entire manuscript completely done. Um, because nobody wants to see pieces and you have to have a query letter and you don't necessarily have to have like a large following on social media or anything like that. It's good to have a, a, a great story. So your query letter has to include um, a good synopsis, very, very short. I wouldn't even call it synopsis, just a, a, a description of what's inside of the story. Mm -hmm. um, you have to name who's in the story and the genre. So for okay. me, I'm just, I, I'm contemporary fiction. The only reason I use the word contemporary is because 
I don't want people to to think that I'm writing uh, historical. For some reason, there's a lot of people who think that that if you're writing uh, faith based, or you're writing Christian, you're writing like historical stuff, or you're writing romances. And I'm like, no, those are those. Are, no, that's that's I, I'm two other different genres. So for fiction, that query letter, that full manuscript, and you typically you go to the publisher's uh, website if they're if they're accepting things directly from people. Now, okay. if they're not, then you're pitching to an agent. And then if the agent likes it, the agent will pitch we'll it pitch to publishing it. houses. Okay. But it's, honestly, it's the same thing. It's like, you'd still have a query letter and you'd still have your full manuscript. You don't send the full manuscript unless they ask for it, but they all have different, um, what do you call it? Criteria, Criteria. that they're okay. looking for it. And you pay close attention to it. Some will say they want first 10 pages. Some will say first 25. Some will say first full chapter, and the everybody wants that query letter though, and you should be done with the whole. And you should be able to say how long that story is. So with broken together it was like broken together. This is um, eighty five thousand words approximately, um, and what they how they can contact you if they're interested. Okay. Um, and you just wait, <laughs> you wait. Now with with nonfiction. Um, sometimes I feel like if you have a good following and a good enough story, uh, not story, a good enough book that's really well needed, like it's like, it's really, really, really neat. Like if you think of like the hot topics that are going on right mm -hmm. now, um, any of them, like we have a, you know, we have a, we have a violence problem going on in Philadelphia right, right now. Yeah. So if you wrote anything that was a social, you know, how to, you know, handle predicaments with the police or anything like that if it was a hot yeah. topic and it was written well a, someone could get that published now a day is relatively I wouldn't say relatively easy but you know if they wrote well and it was a hot mm -hmm. topic it'd be a much easier route to just having one or two chapters and then some and a, a publisher or an agent saying okay yeah I'd like I'd like to see more of this send send me more of this because they want to strike while the iron's hot right. nonfiction you know, books. So they don't have to necessarily have the whole, I would say with fiction, it's like, we have to take a bigger gamble, man. Cause we got to have the entire thing <laughs> done yeah. with nonfiction. No, I'm working with a nonfiction writer um, right now because I'm consulting with her and she's got a great book. I can't, I'm, uh, I, I can't really talk about it right now, but she's got a great, great, really helpful message. And it's timely. And I told her, I said, um, don't, you you shouldn't have to to uh to self publish it. You can go ahead and go ahead and try to get an agent for this. And she said, well, well, you know why you know you know why do you think so? I said because it's a hot topic. This is really this is something that is going to help people right now. Um, so hon, you you're about to be on. So we're gonna get this book ready and we're gonna get these chapters ready and um and I think you should go ahead and pitch it. And someone would want to want to publish this and get it out. Um, so you just talked about, you know, you're working with somebody now. Do you do that um often? Like maybe mentor younger writers oh, or absolutely speak and, and do work. Have you started doing workshops or anything to help I've, other people? Just recently, this well, I'll say just in 2022, yeah, I started talking about my experiences and everything because I feel like each one teach one you know, if I've been there and I think I 
I will, I love doing it. I love doing it because it's like, oh, if I could stop somebody from doing half the mistakes. And let me tell you, I failed my way all the way up. And I was like, well, you know, God, you get the glory out of all this failure. <laughs> all, all about once you get the glory I always want to be that person it's like no don't do that do this get through the because we want you to get out there especially all of my my faith-filled people all my Christian folks I still want to be like yeah this is what I learned this is I go and you want to do it do things this way people can listen to you and not listen to you, but I always want to be able to 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 provide something where um it's helpful like if I learned it then you don't necessarily have to go through the mistake that I went through. Right. Um, right. Pass it on to them. So I like what, working with um, new authors um, because they're excited and it's, it's, it's inspiring to yeah. see their work and want to, and, and encourage them to be able to encourage yeah. them. It's great. We are going to do some things. Oh my God. You fit right into Faith Lee Harris plan for the future. But yeah. that's a whole nother yeah. subject. So right. <laughs> we're talking I'm about glad. it. I'm but as you're talking, I'm mm-hmm. like, yep, I've got me a writer now. <laughs> <laughs> um, love, writing. love writing. Yeah. Have you thought about plays or turning any of the books that you have into that play and maybe start tapping into that Philly theater type market? You know what? You know what? I'm so glad you asked it because I've had at least three friends ask me um you know do you think you'll ever do a stage play and I said um I know that stage play writing is a that's a different um skill set and I don't I'd have to study that skill set um I think I'd be a little more interested in converting at this point I I now have five books on the market and I want to, yeah, yeah. Put some respect on her name. <laughs> yeah, I want to, uh, I'd want to change, change them into like screenplays before I okay. did anything on stage. And the reason being is because streaming services are just ex- the, exploding. The huge thing. Yeah. They can't get enough new content. And I'm yeah. just like, you know, I, I think, you know, my faith-based crowd, you know, we always need, um, I think we always need more TV shows. We always need yeah. more movies. There's not enough, um, especially if you're, you know, black, Indian, Latino, Asian, mm-hmm. um, faith-based stuff. I see, and I'm just like, look, it looks like there's a, like there's an area there we're not getting as as many yeah. feature films, or it's or the feature films aren't necessarily touching. Um, you know, there's a, there's a way, there's a, there's, there's, I think there's a way that we relate as back people. And I think there's a way that we, there's a flavor that we, we have. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think there's a couple of movies, but there's not, I don't think there's like a, like a, like a, like flooding. I don't think the amount of movies flooding the market for like the faith-based crowd is maybe where I would like to see it. I, yeah. And I'm being very careful with my words because I do not want to be critical. Right. I I just that like I don't like when people cry, but I don't want to. I would say I haven't necessarily maybe experienced yet what I'd like to see. Yeah. Not that I haven't seen anything good. I just haven't necessarily seen what I'd like to see it for the faith based crowd. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying because I know Mm -hmm. I think T D T D Jakes did 
Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. A, a made for TV type movie or something mm-hmm. that was a good one. Yeah, it was a good but, one. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying. Like it's not enough of it. And it's not it's, enough that's tapping into the very the variations of who we are as people living got in it. America and going through life yes. and different culturals and backgrounds yes. and everything. And yes. I get what you're saying. I'm with yeah. you. It's like, and with the cinematography and just yeah. different ways of playing with film and um, having more than just one camera, straight camera narrative, split narratives and all kinds of, even, yeah. I even thought, well, even animation, we, Ooh, haven't, we haven't, yeah. I'm like, you know, when I saw the movie well, it was Into the Spider-Verse, me and my daughter, my husband, my son, we love Into the Spider-Verse, but I thought to myself, the, 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 the way that film was stylized, the mm-hmm. way I was like, why couldn't we have a faith-based film? That's, is anybody thinking of doing this? Have we not done? I right. Like, I, I'm like, mm. um, I would love to be able to, 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 I'd love to collaborate. I would love to collaborate. Like I keep thinking like one of the things that just like you were saying, you got your catching and stuff started. I'd love to have like, uh, like, uh, I want to get something started where it's like a, um, like a, like a like think tank for for christian yeah. creatives or whatever i'm like because we need to see each other more we need to like feed off of each other like just you and i together we're, we're connecting and we're yeah right like 10 of us is like oh we is like we could do this we could do that we could you know right and what really made me think about that is um one of the 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 future endeavors of faithfully her um is to start a nonprofit um a, a branch Nice. Uh, and in the nonprofit branch, um, it's really focused on youth. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to do, you know, we have a lot of youth organizations. We have basketball camps. We have this and we have that. Mm-hmm. And I have always liked to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to read because it was an escape. Mm-hmm. I love a story that catches me up to where I am the character running through the field mm-hmm. and I can smell the flowers and I can feel the mist of water. You know what I'm saying? Like, Uh I love books that wrap me up into it and you can't get away from it. And even when you're done with it, the story lives with you. It lives with you. For for a moment or two. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Even after the fact. So I love to read. And when I was younger, um, and even now, I be telling people, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, I wanted to be Erica Kane. Those are all my children. Yeah, all my children. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Girl, I even, yes. even to this day, I have my fuzzy champagne little heels. Girl, please, um, I don't wear them. No, I don't wear them, but I have a pair. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my but, um, like when I was in ninth grade, my ninth grade English teacher taught drama at. Uh, at U of D here in Michigan, U of D Detroit. And um, mm-hmm. once a week, she would take let me go with her as her assistant. And I would get to sit and watch them on the stage rehearsing and going over their acting drills and things like that. So I've always been fascinated. Mm-hmm. It. So one of the things that I said I want to do with the nonprofit side of Faithfully Her is that I want to bring art into it i want um people to be able to explore the artist side of them 
mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whether it's writing um acting you know it's so many different facets to it because you have your lighting you have your stage directors mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. your set people it's so many different things that goes into making a production and I said I want to bring that element to youth and say, hey, here's another option if you like this, but you don't know how to get into it. You don't know where to start. You don't know what's what it all entails. Then I would like to bring you into this type of a workshop and make that a nonprofit type situation where yes. you know they can yes. learn the art of acting on stage, voice projection. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Writing, writing the stage play, writing, writing the stage play, doing the dialogue and, and have, yeah. things like that, because it fascinated mm-hmm. me. And I could just imagine how many other youth are out here that might feel like it's something that they want to do, but maybe it's so far away. It's unattainable, right. maybe because of their situations or, you know, their home environment or whatever, maybe they feel like it's something that they can't reach. But right. I'm like, no, we can get you. Let let me help. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always down to help somebody. So mm-hmm. let me help, you know, and see if I could put you in the room with people who know more, who mm-hmm. can give you those tools to go further right? and learn more and actually get into a field. Because my son is in the music business. And I remember I was like, oh, Lord, I don't want him to be a rapper. Don't wear the gold teeth, baby. Pull your pants <laughs> up. You know, <laughs> like, like I paid for them teeth, them braces. Don't you dare put some gold on them teeth. I paid for. Wait, is he is he a rapper? Is he or is he a singer? He's actually a recording engineer. Okay, so okay. he is, and he likes being behind the scenes, and he goes on tours. Mm-hmm. And he does all the audio for tours. Um, he just spoke to some young kids um, who want to get into the music industry to let them know, hey, is more things you could do besides rocking the mic. There's right. all of these different things that go along with putting a ton of jobs, ton together. of jobs. So, um, yeah. You know, and he is so happy with sitting behind that keyboard, that mm-hmm. desk and engineering and putting it all together and making it quality for radio play or whatever like he enjoys that part of it and it just made me kind of think like hmm I want to give that behind the scenes look because we see the people in front of the mic yes but Uh it takes so much for that person to be able to stand on that stage and deliver that song you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying like it was a ton of people back there that made that happen yeah so you know just want to give kids another avenue and another option besides Instagram, basketball, mm. and rapping. <laughs> Football. Yeah. Give you something else. You can inspire. You know, you can still be an artist, but yes. there's other ways you can share your art. Is other ways you can still touch the world. Well, I am down with that. So please def- definitely contact me. I, I would like to be there to support that. Okay. <laughs> I would, I would, yeah, I would love yeah, to. Yeah, I always I love people, them. Like, her was supposed to be a nonprofit when I first mm-hmm. um, decided to make it a business. But at that time, I didn't have a board of directors that was secure, that was, you know what I'm saying? And because I gotcha. really didn't know what I was going to do with it, it was hard to pitch it. Because I had no idea what direction I wanted her to go into. Right. But um, and now that I have direction, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Um, yes, we gonna, we're going to make that happen. So that's coming in the near future. Um, Amen. Amen. Yes. Because like you said, it's all about collaborating. 
what is one of out of all of your books do you mm-hmm. have a favorite yes I actually do have a, a, a favorite they, they should all be my favorite but I, I do have a favorite um it is I'll show the cover of it um it's this book right here this is thick chicks okay uh it's about three women um I would say the tagline is when life gives you curves you've just got to lean into them uh, so it's about three women, two are cousins, but they're all friends t- together and they're helping each other when one of them has a health crisis. But okay. uh, as you know, stories are all about conflict. So this deals with the theme of envy and jealousy. Okay. Uh, so uh, some sparks start flying. No, don't put it one. down. Oh, don't can put it down. A, no. Can you read us a passage? Give me a passage. Oh, I can't. I, can, I, can, I, I saw can. the bookmark. I saw the bookmark yeah. sticking out of it. No, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, it's hard to. That was just a piece of paper I just had, I had inside it. Oh, okay. there, but See, I'll um too nosy. All up in your yeah. business. Oh, <laughs> um, it just jumps right. I'm trying to think of like what is the best place to 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 start uh, to. And while you're looking, that's a good topic too, because a lot of times you do have that element of jealousy in your girlfriend group. Um, And it's probably almost a shame to admit it, but there was a time where I was jealous um, of my girlfriends because I felt like everybody was advancing faster than I was. And I just felt like, you know, I'm working hard, working these two jobs. I'm taking care of my mama. I'm doing this and that. And I just cannot get ahead. Like, why can't I get ahead? It happens to all of us. And I just saw my friends like, you know, their jobs was paying way more than I was paying because I was working in a nonprofit, you know, Mm -hmm. organization. And, you know, they kept me paid. (laughs) and whatever so yeah you know and I'm just seeing you know my friends and they're taking trips and they buying new purses and this and that and I'm over here at Walmart like girl this a nice bag get a pass you know there's nothing wrong listen girl see that's a whole off-camera to the Walmart fashion girl that's a conversation we need to we need to have and I remember there was a time and I hate to admit that but there was a time that there was a part of me that had that jealousy in me to where I didn't even want to hang out with them anymore I didn't even want to go anywhere I didn't want to be but you know what I'm saying Mm because I felt inadequate to the level that they were at at that particular time and it took it took me to get on my knees well it took God to humble me in a whole lot Mm -hmm. of places and then kind of talk to me and say hey little girl everything in their own time yes Yes. You'll be all right, but it's in the it's in the timing and you yes. not ready for it yet. That was his message to me back then. You're not ready. I wasn't mentally ready. I wasn't mature enough. I was grown, but I wasn't ready for what he had in store for me. So he couldn't mm-hmm. let me have it. You know what I'm saying? I, I totally understand that stuff. I so, yeah. Listen, I totally, <laughs> as soon as you said going through that yourself, I definitely, that's how I actually got the premise for this. Um, because it actually came from a moment I had in church where I had had a, a friend we and, and we were really cool, but she had been missing from church. She had been missing for a little bit, maybe I want to say the better part of it, of like two seasons. But when she showed up again, 
she walked up and I was happy to see her, but my jaw dropped because she was about a good 75 pounds oh. smaller than she was last time that I had seen her. And I had been struggling throughout that whole year. It seemed like no matter what I did, um, I was working a job, and three kids were running through the house, it's all over the place. And no matter what I did, I could not take off any pounds. And I was really trying. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I said, you lost all this weight, you know, what did you do? And she said, and she refused to tell me. And so I had a moment of, it was like a mixture of like anger and envy. Yeah. At this, the same time, it just kind of, mm-hmm. I remember feeling like hot inside, like literally yeah. like flames. And I, I felt inside and I, and I was upset with myself. I had, I knew I had to go to the Lord. Cause like, this is my friend, Lord. Why am I feeling this way? Right. And some of it is that feeling of you've been trying so hard, but you can't get to what yeah. someone is just walking up and it was always so easy for them. And then they don't want to talk about it. Right. Right. And it was like, who, if I could bottle that feeling, but it's like, no, I didn't bottle that feeling. I wrote about it. So thank you for writing about it because, you know, I think, I think more of us go through that than mm-hmm. we are probably willing to mm-hmm. say out loud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, I believe that more of us go through that than we are willing to even admit that we have those feelings towards our friends or our family members, or we don't want to come off seeming like we hating. We have the flesh. We have the flesh. We're going to battle the flesh Mm -hmm. to the day we die. There's three things Christians wrestle with the world, the flesh and the adversary. And so the envy, the jealousy, the feeling like, why can't I be there? And the sense of entitlement or whatever, I battle with all. I have to go yeah. to the Lord for, for that. So I was like, I'll make my characters have to, <laughs> to do that. I'll read a, I'll read a little, little snippet. And the reason I don't want to, I was trying to figure out uh, which one I want to talk about is because three characters. So okay. I was like, it's, it's a young woman and it's a married woman and there's a businesswoman. Okay. And so I was trying to, but I'll read from uh, the very, the very beginning. I had a couple of pages here and I'll stop. Okay. Um, okay. So this is uh, Shibli. It's three women, Shibli, Mariah, and Tawanda. Okay. Um, but Shibli is the first one and starts with her. So this is Stick Chicks, a novel. If anyone asked me how I feel right now, I'd say blessed. Being joyful, that's how I roll. So I've got a smile on my face right now, even though I'm sitting in my doctor's office waiting to be examined. Today is my yearly physical. I'm happy because I get to talk and laugh with Dr. Houtman. She likes me and I adore her, but I don't see her that often. I'd probably get like 15 minutes before she tells me I need to get my flu shot and get out of here. Is all that hair yours? The nurse asks when she approaches me. She has a blood pressure cuff in her hands. Definitely. I had a receipt for all 20 inches of it. What type? (laughs) Brazilian virgin. You can curl it, dye it, make it wavy, straighten it, everything. Well, it looks great on you. She smiles at me while fastening the cuff to my arm, then pumps the bulb to inflate it. It deflates. Her smile fades. Your file says you're 25 years old. That's right. I'm going to do this again. She readjusts the cuff. Okay. She measures my blood pressure twice more, then flashes me a tight smile before she says, the doctor will be in to see you shortly. 
She shuts the door and I gaze down at my toenails. They've grown long and the red polish has chipped off. I'm off work today. I can stop by Modern Nails for a mani-pedi. I can't wait to get over there after doc tells me the usual. Blood tests are good. Try to lose a little weight if you can. Have the nurse give you a flu shot. I'll see you next year. Five minutes later, a salt and pepper haired glasses wearing Dr. Felice Houtman walks through the door. Shablis Shields, love the hair. Dr. Houtman, love the lab coat. We <laughs> greet each other the same way for the past three years. I love having an older black female doctor. There is nothing like it. I can talk to her about anything. So she checks my ears, my nose, my throat, makes me breathe in and out a few times with the stethoscope against my back. Then she sits on her little round stool and pulls up my test results from the computer. Hmm, she says, looking close to the screen. I know, I know. Take a few pounds off, get my flu shot, right? I swing my legs back and forth and push a long lock of brown hair out of my face. She wheels around on the stool. Now she's frowning. I'm afraid I have a few more directions for you this year. And I stop swinging my legs. Dr. Howman takes off her reading glasses. I'm going to be straight with you. I'm not happy with your blood pressure test or your, your blood test results. What's wrong? We've measured your, pre your pressure three times this morning. It's definitely elevated. The last reading has it at 140 over 90. Your cholesterol levels were better last year. So was your blood sugar. You didn't forget and eat something the morning of the blood test, did you? I'm thinking now. Last Thursday morning, nope. Lit breakfast, no. I only drank water on my way to Quest. They drew my blood and then I drove to work. No, I tell her. Any late night eating? I'm dead to the world at night. The results are that bad? I'm seeing worse blood sugar numbers, but yours are higher than last year. Okay, these results make no sense. Physically, I feel good. Mentally, well, I've only had one panic attack this year. And that was because Mariah insisted on making me wait on the street corner while she got the car from the parking garage in Chinatown. Some man rushed up way too close to me on the sidewalk. The world in front of my eyeballs narrowed. I felt like I was about to have a heart attack. If not for Mariah finally bringing the car around and nudging, nudging me into the back of seat, I might have fallen right down on the curb. Yes, I have issues, but none of them have to do with my internal organs. So what do I do? I say, snapping out of my trance. You know, take off some weight. Well, of course, start. I don't do diets. Can I stop by and exercise class a few times a week? Will that help? She nods. You should definitely exercise. You should also adjust your eating habits too, but those changes may not make a major difference. I'm writing a prescription for blood pressure medication. We'll monitor you while you're on it. Dr. Houtman stands up and sifts through a stack of pamphlets on a shelf above her computer desk. I'm giving you information on how to choose a good nutrition program. And listen, I never believe that crap about everyone needing to have a certain BMI. I see a lot of patients. Some people have bigger bodies and that's just fine. It's not the number on the scale or your clothing size. If you're living a clean life, taking care of yourself, your numbers are good. I could care less what you weigh. So uh, your blood pressure is up. Now I care what you weigh. Oh, and you've gained mm -hmm. another 10 pounds since last year. Fantastic. I mumble, staring at my overgrown toenails again. She scribbles on her pad. Take this. She passes me the pamphlet and a prescription. I sigh and I take them and I stare at the pink slip of paper. The scribble is too hard for me to read. Something starting with an M. I have no idea, no clue how it'll affect my mental state. I have to mention that to my therapist next week. Dr. Houtman stares me down. There's a reason they call hypertension the silent killer. Heart disease will seek up on you. Serious as a heart attack. That's not funny. It shouldn't be. Amen. 
Mm. Oh my God. I felt like you were talking about me. Like, were you at my doctor's appointment? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that was the exact conversation wow. that I had wow. with my doctor years ago when my blood pressure, I have um, lupus. And wow. when lupus took oh. over, I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. So when it started really attacking, um, my blood pressure shot up. So they were playing off of each other. So if the lupus was under control, you will see the blood pressure come down slightly. Mm-hmm. If I got stressed out and it activated the lupus, my blood pressure would shoot back up. Shoot back up. And my doctor would always ask me like, you're not having headaches. Like, and I'm like, no, I feel great. Like I, and so it wasn't until you got on. there. Wasn't until you got there. Yeah. Right. Like I had no idea that there was like, and it was high as well. Like it had got to one point where my blood pressure was like 170 over 120. Like it was high. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is stroke zone. He was like, mm-hmm. I should just admit you to the hospital. And I'm like, oh, I got to go to work. <laughs> I'm like, I feel fine. <laughs> but we often don't know. We often right. don't know. So right. taking that you know, realistic scenarios and just kind of weaving them into. And then there's the whole piece of there's how when you get a diagnosis, there's how people how you, you react know, in the secular world would react and there's how someone who's child of God would react. And yeah. so the character goes on, a, you know, this journey. And so she gets a trainer and she, you know, that's one character, but they're all dealing with something. Yeah. You know, very, very um they have different ways of handling things. One is dealing with um, having PCOS and not being able to get pregnant. And there's another one who is like the diva of the group and she is just running things. But <laughs> believe it or not, she's the one who has the biggest envy problem. Yeah, okay. And she, but she, even though she makes the most, she's part of all these organizations, but she's the one who has the biggest clash when she sees her best friend just really making changes in her life. So that's thick chicks. And that's I my love favorite. That. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? You need to when I when we get offline, I definitely want your address because you're getting a copy. Yeah. <laughs> sending it directly to you <laughs> yes. and I want you to enjoy it okay so yes because already I'm like oh my gosh she was in the doctor's office I, <laughs> so I'm sending that copy that directly to the you conversation as soon as, as, as I get your address I'm sending it directly to you but yeah. yeah and you know I have um my two female best friends we're all curvy that mm-hmm. you know curvy ladies or whatever and we all used to be really skinny and then life and kids life and we had some weight and then one of my friends um was that last year year before last year before last um had some cosmetic things done to help with her weight loss or whatever okay okay and um at first I was like dang I wish I could have get cosmetic surgery mm-hmm. I wish I could get it I wish I could get it but my um my gentleman friend is like no he's like you just you don't see how great you are just as you he's like Amen. don't change. I like yeah him. he's like don't change you he was like yeah. and if you do lose a whole lot of weight I'm leaving you <laughs> and I'm like that's mean <laughs> but, but listen but- and you know, there's always like, like want, you don't have to unless yeah, like, it's something to where healthy. your doctor is like, okay, this is going to help you. Yeah. He's like, no. I want you to be healthy and I want you mm-hmm. to feel your best and be at your best. He's like, but I don't want you to feel like you have to go on these crazy diets and take all these different pills and this and that to try to lose weight. When honestly, I think you're great just 
as is, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm like that, me, it means a lot, but mm-hmm. even with that, we're on this journey together. Yeah, so amen. where we're mm-hmm. both eating a little bit healthier, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He'll, he'll be like, Hey, I'm on my lunch break. I'm about to go to the gym. What you doing? And I'm like, I'm here walking. And he like, all right, just check it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so, togetherness, togetherness. Right, yes. right. Helping each other get healthy so we can have a longer living life. But it's mm-hmm. not about losing weight and trying to be, you know, the itty bitty waistline anymore. It's just about healthy. So he helped me get out of my head about, I have to get skinny. I have to lose these, these 20 pounds. I got to be, you know what I'm saying? He helped mm-hmm. me get out of my head about it by saying, no, let's just get healthy together. So, yeah. And I think that's important for us as women, as people, period. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like the doctor told her, I could keep, the doctor said she could care less about what she weighs if she's mm-hmm. living clean, if she's mm-hmm. eating better. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and that's what it is really about. Yeah. Being healthy, being healthy. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for you? Any new books or anything that you're working on you can tell us about? Well, yeah, I think it's about time for me to, I have two books. Well, I'm always like a book ahead. Okay. So I put, my last one was a romance. I put that out um, in February of 2022. Um, so my next one is going to be, I'd never done a, a seasonal book. So I did a, I wrote a Christmas book called A Christmas Kiss. Oh, and it's okay. a straight romance. It's a it's a romance um, uh, that's also set in Pennsylvania. I really like the character. It's really cute because it has that wholesome kind of hallmarky type. I've never written anything like that before. But this is a you know you know grab a cup of 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 of, uh, of cocoa, settle in, read type. Okay. Of book. So that is that should be God willing and the creek don't rise should be out of the around Christmas time next you know this year. So end of the year type book because it's seasonal. Um, but the book that I am uh, going to dive in with this year is going to explore um, parenting. Um, how would I call it? I like to call it the mother wound. Um, unfortunately, I, I was in a, I was talking a lot with, um, with, a, with an acquaintance of mine and she was going through some severe problems with, how she had been raised and she had been raised by her mom. And uh, we had this great conversation about relying on the Lord as your, your permanent parent. Yeah. Because unfortunately all of our mother experiences are not good ones. Right. And it can, it can affect yes, it can. how we go into our adulthood and, and everything. And um, when I was talking with her, there were other women around who were talking about, um, just experiences that they had and they were hard mother experiences to have. And I was like, I don't know, Lord, I think there might be something here. Mm-hmm. There might be something. This is a tough subject, but it's, I think it might be one that I, I think I want to go in with. If I could tackle health and, and weight loss or broken together was about an affair. If I can tackle that, then Lord lead me. And so I got these ideas for um, a set of, this is three sisters and the name of tentatively, the title is going to be, I don't think we're going to be all right. Oh, so it's, it, this one's going to be set in, uh, in Philadelphia again. Um, And I'm just getting, the characters are just now coming to me, talking to me um, about um, their lives and their mom, her name is Deb and she's um, in the, 
early stages of dementia. Mm. But Deb was not a very good mom. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wow, this is, this is, and I do know, I do have friends who are dealing with parents who stages of dementia, stages of Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and dealing with being caretakers. Well, what happened if you had to be a caretaker to someone who, when you were young, was not a very good caretaker to you? Right, right. And you're, you're a child of God. How, how do you handle that? How do you handle the people around you and live your life and you have children of your own? Right. So I, I'm at some point and maybe like in very early February, I'm going to start to go in deep with that one. And it'll probably take me maybe about a year to, yeah. to get it, you know, the way I want you it just, to be. You just tell it all my stories. So I told another no, one. My mother was a good mom. She really good, was, good, she good, was good, a good, good mom. You know, there with any and everybody, there was those spaces in time where mm-hmm. I wish she would have been, she would have did more or she she would have spoke up or, you know, th- there would have been a little bit more fight for me yes. in those situations. But overall, if I weigh the good against the bad, the good outweighs the bad 10,000%. You know what I'm saying? Like she was a great mom. Um, And my mother also um, ended up having to move him with me and I became her caregiver. And she started having early onset. onset. And um, when she had her first stroke and everything, I did kind of, it was, and I, I was in therapy so I'm in therapy you know when you're in therapy they want to take you way back and dig up all, so you in I'm in all of these emotions right and then I'm the caregiver and then I'm like oh I just need a break you know what I'm saying so I totally can can understand how that can affect and even you know as you stated how it affects us as we move forward and we grow in life and mm-hmm. the way I am with my son it's it's like I wanted to make sure that the things that I felt I didn't get, yeah. I smother him with it. Yeah. Like literally that, smother him with it. That I typically happens. <laughs> yeah. No. You know what? Our our stories match because I have the same and I and I love my mom. And she she's but there are clearly some things uh and there are clearly some things where I knew from her own upbringing that she did not get everything that she needed. Yeah. And I knew she didn't, but what she could give to me, she did. Yeah. And she's always been there for me, but I go overboard with my kids. I'm just, right. Um, right. just anything that I did not ex- experience. And I, my mother was hurt a lot. A lot of stuff happened with her that fortunately I did not have to experience but when I got her as my mom, she was a little bit more closed off. Um, and I understand why, because the way she grew up it was hard mm-hmm. on a, on a lot of our older folks was harder yeah. on them than it was uh, on us. Yeah. And so, you know, there by the grace of God, he yeah. had to say, okay, well, if my mom had the tools, she would, she would probably been more like me as a mom, but she did not have that. Right. So I have to think, I thank God every day that my mom is still here with me. And that mm-hmm. I can share all of my little exploits, all the crazy stuff I do, all the books and everything else. Um, she's still here and I'm blessed the Lord that she, yeah. that she is. Um, but I, I so am ready to write about this mom relationship 
thing um, because I think in some ways, this is what it seems it's like every every Black mom is not Claire Hepstable. No, she but is. every every black mom is is not is is not like a crackhead either. So it's, it's not, not uh, it's Penny's not, mama. <laughs> what was Penny's mama name from? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, right. yes. You know, you know where I'm going with yes. Every yeah. mom is like it's like there's there's a there's a there's a continuum. It's not like okay, right. <laughs> there's it's like awesome, wonderful is up mom, here, and then, and then there's the mom from Good yeah. Times, and no, the, in the middle there's yeah there's some stuff yeah and i yeah. just i think i'm ready to start you know well, where's god and all this i'm ready to start unpacking the story of these three women and their mother and they're and they're all half sisters too so they all have, they have different fathers okay and uh, i like have i don't know i have a thing where my type of fiction is not is not this neat kind of everything wonderful it really isn't god <laughs> it, i don't know i think that's just i think because just, life isn't a pretty packet. Thank you. Life thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You I know, um, what's everybody's not rich. Mama said there was gonna be yeah. days like this, or mm -hmm. you know, nobody said it was gonna be easy. Like life is not a pretty packet. Life is not, and so my as characters much as they want it to be. They said, like, "Oh, they should be be without sin." I was like, "Well, you know, nobody's without sin, but you know, and I know it can. Some people may read my stuff and say, "Oh, you know, that's it, this is a little too messy. It's not for me." But I would say this much, and before, if anybody's thinking about buying any of my books, my books are not graphic at all. They're not graphic. They do mention real life situations. Mm -hmm. I'm not ever going to shy away from that because without a test. There's no testimony. I, mm -hmm. There has to be some stuff. So even if I'm writing about a fair, yeah, you're going to hear about stuff that happened in a fair. Is there going to be anything graphic in it? No. Right. Because I have a God I have to be Amen. accountable yeah. to. So no, none of that. You're not going to see any of it. But is there a reference to it? It's not a Harlequin yeah. romance novel. No. <laughs> no. 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 Christmas kiss, a little, a little Harlequin-y. Little <laughs> Um, but no, the rest of my stuff is, no, I have, I have, I, I sold out of Engaged. So I don't have a copy of Engaged. I wish I did. I wish I could show you that book, but um, you have a young woman who, you know, she gets engaged and her, her boyfriend is, was like the player of the church, but she's marrying him. Mm. Um, so how they work out, you know, forgiving one another and how they and how they deal with money issues when right. she thought he had more money than he actually did have and why that was and sort of dealing with finance issues and everything life is messy yeah it's messy. It is. but it's you know how do they walk with god through how do right. these characters walk with god through what they're going through and then you actually see well if you're going to walk through this issue with other people and knowing what happened and get to where God needs you to be, what would it look like? Yeah. I think my writing is, that's what I do. I'm going to take something tough and wrestle with it. And then, you know, I think it's a, when, when you, when you were talking, what I was thinking about was, you know, we have to go through certain things to get to a certain place. Yes. So even those harder moments of the childhood growing up, it's all for a purpose. It's all for a purpose. You know, you, you don't see it then. Of course, you don't see it then. You're right in the middle of it. You're living it. You right. can't see 
you know, God didn't come down and say, girl, it's for a purpose. You know what I'm saying? No, you just have to go through it, right? You just have to go through it. And um, we all get something different. Yeah, but yeah. when I look back over, when I look back over my life now, I see the connections. I see how this, this event sparked this moment right mm -hmm. here. If that mm -hmm. event wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have had a testimony to connect with somebody else's testimony to help and encourage and build my sister over here up because I've exactly. been through this. So I, I can relate to how you're feeling. Let's pray together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it, it all, it all balances. It all comes together and it's all a part of your journey to where God wants you to be. And it right. took me to get this age, you know right. what I'm saying, in my 40s to understand it all. And He's to using be able it. to put those pieces together and see it and say, gosh, I get it now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I get it, Lord. I, and I see everywhere you were. I see every place your hand was. I see every situation you pulled me out of, everything you saved me from, Every time you deterred my path, I see it now. Mm -hmm. I see where you intervened and I see where you put me back on this particular path when I was getting a little off track. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see those things now. And it makes me so appreciative of my past life. Because mm -hmm. if it wasn't that past, I wouldn't be me here today. And I'm proud of the person I am now. And although my mom is gone, I always... um. I've, I've, and I tell my son this all the time. So I'm always telling my son how proud I am of him. I say, because mm -hmm. when granny closed her eyes, that's the one thing I didn't know. I didn't know whether or not I made her proud. But in the, now I know that I've made her proud. I've received mm -hmm. those little messages and dreams where I know she's proud and I, and I know she was even then, but I definitely know it now. And the things that I'm doing now in my life, I know that she's definitely proud of her little girl and I'm just happy to keep making her proud. But again, it's something I always tell my son, like every time I talk, I'll be like, I'm proud of you, baby. He like, I know. And I'm like, all right. And, and or I love it. Him, I love like, it. Yo, mommy is proud of you. And he'll just some hearts or I stalk him on Instagram. Like mommy's proud of, you know, like I over love him. He always says that. Like you've, given, you've, you've been giving me some ideas. I'm like, oh, I need to start doing that to my son. To, oh my God. I'm so over loving. And he lives in Atlanta now. So when mm -hmm. I see him, I like chase him around the house to give him hugs and kisses. Like I can't get enough of him. It's just a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. <laughs> but you know, that was one of the things that I felt lacking. I didn't feel mm -hmm. like that affection of love, those like I felt like I had to do something right in order to get those statements of love or those uh, that those acts of affection or something mm -hmm. and when I made a mistake and I didn't do something right it was heck to pay we talking whoopings punishments the whole you know what I'm saying like see now you are in you were in my brain and you yeah. were living with my characters right now you so are I feel like I always <laughs> had to be perfect in order to get loved and so my thing to him was you don't have to be perfect for me to love you I just love you and I'm going to show you this every day that I possibly can. And if that means you're going to get sick of my hugs and kisses, 
go get your barf bag, baby, because I'm about to give you these hugs and kisses. We're going to overlove, <laughs> overlove your child. I love to overlove. My daughter can't stand me. I'm always kissing her. I'm always like, mom, stop. No, go ahead. I didn't necessarily get that. Again, our parents came from a different generation. I get it. Yeah. Totally get it. But I that doesn't stop me from just like, I'm going to love this, this, this girl. <laughs> I wanted to break that cycle. You know, the mm-hmm. cycle had to break somewhere. Me and too. I wanted, and you know, and my mother was a whooper. Like she whooped for everything. You look cross-eyed, you get the whoop. Yeah. <laughs> so with my son, I talked to him a lot when he was growing yeah. up. I didn't hit him. We had conversations. This is what it is. This is what you did. And this is gonna be the punishment for it. And I'm you, holding to that and I'm putting my foot down. You, you learn know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Or people have those conversations of listen, you, going into this situation before we even get there, you got two paths you could choose when you it's up to you, but just know whatever you do, you gotta deal with the consequence of it. You know what I'm saying? To give him those opportunities to think and make those mm-hmm. judgment calls for himself. And you know, conversation work. It, it really yeah. did. Thank God. Conversation in the village. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. So, we're going to wrap up because I don't want to hold you no longer because we'll just keep vibing. And I'm we would just, we are, I, we are. I may have to. I may have to come back. I may have to be like, yo, yeah, finish the book and I have to come back and talk about it. When Christmas yes, yes, kiss yes. come out. When Christmas kiss comes out, I will be back. I will talk I to you. I love a love story. I'm a sucker for love. I love, I love it. I just I realize I love love. I don't always write them. This the Christmas kiss is my second romance, but I do I, after I read them, I was like, I like this stuff. But yeah, yeah we gotta have that next conversation. It gives so, me hope. Yeah. It, love stories yeah. give me hope. Love give like, me hope. Yay. I'm gonna That's why romance <laughs> is the number one genre. Romance is the number one genre for that reason. It's the hottest genre. I don't always write in it, but it is the hot, hot genre. Yeah. So where can we find your books? Where are they available? They are available... Um, I like to say everywhere. Um, like, <laughs> like, like I'm using the voice of God. But no, really... Um, you can look up my books on Amazon, on um, barnesandnoble.com. I think it's bn.com. Um, uh, where else? Just just about everywhere. You Google and put, you can go to my website, www.klgilchrist.com. Um, and I have buttons for every book. I have a button and you can go and, and get that book. Um, um Amazon Instagram. So after I get your book and read it, so I can shout <laughs> it out at you on Instagram. Instagram is at, at KL Gilchrist. Is the dot in between the K and the L on Instagram? No, it's just KL okay. Gilchrist straight straight across. And are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook. Um used to sing the KL Gilchrist author. Okay. Yeah. All right, because I am going to shout this out. Now, before I do let you go, because I'm okay. just not done talking to you, so I'm trying to prolong your time. So <laughs> tell tell your family one more minute. <laughs> I will. Um, I'm about to, like, as soon as I get off uh, talking with you, I have to actually go pick my daughter up. She's at the dance school right now. Oh, so okay. So we don't want the baby to be late. <laughs> the baby. The, yeah, the baby's, yeah. I have to go yeah. pick the baby up. Yeah. Um, okay, so real quick, something mm-hmm. that I like to do is called the Faithful Freestyle. Okay. So we're just going to random questions, just a few, answer them off the top of your head. And it's just our way of getting to know you a little bit deeper on a more personal, intimate level. Is that cool? 
That's cool. Okay. So what was your favorite class in high school and why? I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely English because we got to read a bunch of books. Yes. Um, yeah. English. Um, and what was the best advice you've ever received? Oh, that's a good one. Wow. It's the best advice I ever received. Man. I wish I could think, I could think of, you know what, it's, you know why it's hard for me? Because I'm that nerd that's always reading advice for like everything all the time. <laughs> and so I, you know, and so I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, oh, mm -hmm. well, I'll give you the latest, like the latest advice. If you want, if you, <laughs> latest advice is that if you want to appear as though you're a wealthy person, you have to wear the colors that wealthy people wear and wealthy people wear a lot of camel and navy and charcoal gray and other neutrals. Okay. So if you ever go into a, in a space where you're like, I want to be perceived as being dressed well and looking wealthy, then you wear the colors that wealthy people wear and they wear a lot of neutrals. Yeah, they do. And flip flops mm -hmm. with socks. <laughs> <laughs> I was weird, <laughs> random, random advice. Again, I get every day I have like an event, random advice thing that comes to me. Yeah, that's one of them. Okay. Are you, um, if you could be, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Jaguar. Mm. Jaguar. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Cat person or dog person? Dog person. Dog. Dog person. Dog, yeah, I'm yeah. a dog person too. But I see big dogs. Yeah um celebrity childhood crush <laughs> this is gonna make you laugh bobby brown yes <laughs> don't bobby be cruel i would never be that cruel to yes. you <laughs> yes i shouldn't admit i shouldn't admit that but yes bobby brown love each other no i bobby like that brown, question. new edition new edition bobby was mine yes 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 like who did not love new edition I, right I, I don't know me and my girlfriend's gonna go see new edition in in march uh we're gonna get yeah, because they're coming to atlantic city so we're gonna go and see, yes that should be i'm a fun. grown i'm a grown kid yes yes okay last question mm -hmm. if you uh what would your theme song be golden by uh jill scott like it love mm. it oh and the other one was i'm sorry i i have to i have two one is um all the other one would be all right already by yolanda adams okay yeah all, already all right by yolanda adams yeah well i mm. want to thank you keisha for sitting here and just chopping it up with me and letting me get all up in your business yes. and everything um to my faithfully her family this has been a great conversation. Please go and get the books. K.L. <laughs> Gilcrest. She has five books Please. on the market right now. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere to sell books. K.L.Gilcrest. Mm -hmm. Look yes. it up. Order the books. You will love the reads and you're probably going to see a lot of yourself in her books. Um, I can't wait to get mine. I am going it's to- It's coming to it. you. And I mm -hmm. will let you guys know when I get it and when I've read it and everything is going to be great. Um, I'm going to put all the information for how you can contact Keisha in the description box. 
Um, and if you want to reach out to her, you can always go to her website and learn more about her, the things that she's doing with her movement, when her books are coming up. Um, hopefully any workshops or speaking engagements mm -hmm. will be on the website as well. So if you're in that Philly PA area, Pennsylvania area, you can go and check her out and see her in person and attend her workshops and learn if you want to become a writer. Yeah. Learn the craft and learn from someone who is doing it, been doing it for a while and doing it very well. Do you want to leave us with a final thought or anything? Yes, I do. I want to say something to my Christian creatives out there. Whatever you're working on, God needs your art. God needs your talent. Please do not feel like, oh, because you're getting older, maybe you shouldn't do it. Or, or because you have kids, maybe you should wait until later. No, don't bury your seed or put it away. Don't bury your talent and or discard it. Use your talent. Get it out there. If it's going to glorify the Lord, push it out there. Amen. Push it out there. And it doesn't matter if you make money from it or not. I have to throw that out there. Just do not bury anything that's going to glorify our God. I just want to leave you with that. Amen. Amen. Well, again, you guys, I want to thank you guys for tuning in today to this segment of Faithfully Her. I've enjoyed my conversation with you. I want to keep in touch with you. I'm going to email you Definitely. my um, number and everything so we could keep in touch that way. And um, yeah, and we could continue to support and build and help help your message get further and further out um thank you no i thank you so much for sharing your time with us and to everybody else as always show up show out and shine have a good night everybody bye-bye good night bye